0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to season two, episode one of The Label Law and episode one of The Label Law Talks. If you listen to the trailer, then you know with the new year, I decided to take The Label Law to a new country and introduce The Label Law Talks with a sit down discussion with my friend Harold over at Black Spade Clothing in London. Me and Harold go way back. And in our conversation, we just sat down and talked about the difference between fashion law topics in the UK, and the US, and of course, his specific experience creating his clothing brand and everything that has happened so far that he has been in the process of distributing new clothes. This is episode one of the Label Law Talks. Listen up and here we go record all right hello Harold how are you
1: I'm good I'm good Grace how are you long time
0: I know long time so for everybody listening me and Harold know each other from way 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 back but (laughs) now he's a London a London boy so we're gonna be talking
1: about
0: your clothing brand black Spade. so First, I want to know, like, what was your inspiration behind the name and the concept of Black Spade? And what does Black Spade mean to you?
1: Um, okay, cool. So Black Spade, for those who don't know, it's, we founded the company. I say we, it's myself and four others, so five of us in total. We founded the company in 2017. Um, and it was me and my, my university housemates. So I don't know if you guys, here in London, in university, um, in our second and third year of uni, we all get a house together and then we all live together the remaining two years. So one day we were sat in our university house and we said, boys, what can we do to make some, some more money legally, <laughs> aside from working on normal jobs? Mm-hmm. Um, and as someone mentioned, a clothing brand. And we thought, you know what, why not? It's a niche, it's a niche business to go into. Not many people have founded clothing brands in the area. So why not? Let's go through it. So we were sitting and thinking for many, many hours, what type of clothing did we want to make? Um, what kind of brand did we want to be? Um, and then someone said, look, we just need to take the risk and, you know, take the risk and become a luxury brand. And I said, you know what, taking the risk makes sense. What, 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 what can we relate to taking risks. And we thought about, you know, card games, gambling. And then the name Black Spade came up, you know, Black Spade, Mm -hmm. cards. And that's how it came up. And our slogan is um, life is a gamble. Um, If you don't take the risk in life, you're never going to prosper, are you? So take risks and prosper. Life is a gamble. If you don't gamble in life, you're not really going to succeed. And we've been going three years strong, almost four years now, ever since then.
0: That's really, okay, so these, like, I really like stories where uh, people really start off, like, as friends, and with y'all being, like, five friends, what was, like, the process for, like, was it, like, you guys started with a name, did you start with looking for clothes, like, with the, okay, let me say this, with the start of, like, starting with clothes, so, of course, you had to source materials, manufacturing, all that, what was that process like?
1: So um, that that was quite, how am I going to describe it? So the, our first initiative was to come up with a name. You know, what, what name is going to stand out? What name isn't too cliche? What name isn't too, you know, what, what name would stick? When someone thinks about our brand, you know, will they remember it? Black Spade is something that I think, you know, you yourself, you, you live in the, in the U.S., and you know you know my brand, not many people out there know the brand, but it's something that if someone wants to ask you what brand does Harold do, it sticks. Um, so th- th- that was the first thing that we did. And in terms of looking at and sourcing clothing, that one was a bit more long-winded in a sense where we knew anybody can go out and and source and find a t-shirt, a jumper, a hoodie, a tracksuit to wear. But we, we thought, what, what can we do to separate ourselves from what everyone else was doing? <clears throat> And one thing that we saw that was a gap in the market was premium heavyweight cotton clothing. So that was that is our niche, shall I say? So instead of just being we find a supplier, you know, elsewhere in a different country, we need to find a supplier who can cater to our needs. So heavyweight clothing, we don't mind spending more money for the quality, um, and we need to ensure that all of our clothing is long lasting, has good longevity. When you wash it, take it to the dry cleaners. Um, they they stay they stay intact. So that is our niche, premium. Oh,
0: so I want to put anyway. a little um, pin right there because actually that's a mm. topic within fashion law, like the sustainability of clothes. And so, mm-hmm. why was that important to you? Like, was it more so for the aesthetic um, of making sure that the cotton was heavy, or was it really like the responsibility of knowing that your brand is not contributing to like wasteful clothing, essentially?
1: Yeah, it's it's a whole it's a whole host of different things. I think the most important thing for me is I myself. I'm actually quite I'm, I'm quite heavily influenced by fashion. Yeah, we. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you and I have that in common. I don't I don't mind spending mad amounts of money on fashion if in return I can get really good quality. You know, I've got I've had. Clothes I bought three, four years ago that I still wear today because I can wear it over and over again and it's still intact. I think the the two things that stood out for us is the one thing is again as I mentioned before the niche to say Black Spade is a brand who focus on the quality of clothes, not just necessarily creating hundreds and hundreds of different items. We are more focused on creating exclusive content and ensuring that we maintain the quality amongst all of our um, clothing products and not just have it where, you know, it's cheap, it's, it's very, very, it's loose. So that's the one side. Having that niche to say, what is Blackspade about? What good thing can you say about Blackspade? Blackspade is a brand who offer premium quality clothing and that quality clothing of us is heavyweight cotton items. If you look anywhere, heavyweight cotton items are very, very expensive to find and are very, do tend to be very hard source as well so that's our niche on that end and the second niche is um, just the quality you know we want to have our when we look at our brand we want to make it known that we want to have a good reputation for customer retention so what I mean by that is what would make someone want to come back and shop with Black Spade again what would make someone not stop shopping somewhere else and continue shopping with Black Spade and our niche again is because we have really good quality clothing if someone's looking to buy a t-shirt or a jumper I remember I bought this black spade t-shirt you know two years ago and it's still good quality now let's see what they've got going on you know we're going to be the first go-to brand they go to and say what do they have going on they may not buy from us but if we're the first people that they're going to, to to buy from then that's that's the most important thing for us being at the forefront in people minds people's minds and having our niche be what separates us from everybody else
0: so I can really see you guys definitely had um like structured business plan from the beginning mm. of what you guys wanted to do. So my next question really would be like, did you have any roadblocks like in the beginning? Because what it I mean, for me also of course, knowing you, I've seen how your your brand has grown and really I'm about to buy um a hoodie for real. Um but like just seeing it from the roots up and like, you can see the effort that you put in to making that. So were there any things that like in Roblox or anything?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we still have Roblox up until today. Um, At least I can remember them. The, one, the robot that's been the most consistent is, as I mentioned in the beginning, the brand is five of us. So there's myself and there's four others. So where I may think one decision is the right, decision for the business and the best interest for the businesses you know success is moving forward someone can have a completely contrasting opinion and mindset towards what they think we should do and my character is I'm a very I won't say I'm a controlling person but I feel as if a lot of the times if my way isn't a way forward then it does quite it does upset me so a lot of the times we do find ourselves having to you know argue and 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 decipher who's opinion is correct whose way of thinking is correct why my way of thinking isn't correct why i'm wrong that has been the biggest stumbling block for us as a brand but it's, it's been made a lot easier because we are friends in a sense we are family you know we've known each other for many many years now but that has been the biggest issue for us i think the second biggest issue is relying on our suppliers so within the clothing industry especially as a brand that hasn't really established ourselves at the heights that we want to a lot of the suppliers we work with they work with a lot of high-end brands so we see ourselves when we make a bulk order, they prioritize the other brands and we're down the list in the pecking order so when we have a specific time for when we want our items to be sent and delivered to us a lot of the times we find ourselves behind schedule not working against our marketing plan that we set for ourselves so i say those are the two biggest things you know maintaining supply relationships Mm -hmm. and maintaining internal relationships within the brand Um, decision-making and and getting our points across have been for me, the biggest things to keep going so far.
0: And with it, um, I'm assuming you want Black Spade to like grow long-term and be like Mm -hmm. a a bigger brand. And with that, like, have you ever looked at any type of like legal, legal protection, like trademarking or like I know in America, we have LLCs which give um, like some tax stuff and with like legal stuff. So have you looked into that or have you done it already? or?
1: Um, we have done some legal aspects of the business, i.e. we've uh, copyrighted our logo, I think that's the right term, oh, wow. registered the business, our business accounts are insured. Um, as far as the legal aspect goes, that's the most I think we've done. I don't think because we've been, in all honesty, we haven't been as consistent as we plan to be since we've launched. So there have been stints where we stopped releasing clothes for a year and a half, I believe it was. Um, and within that year and a half, we didn't really think to tighten up all of the legal aspects of the business because we weren't too sure if we were going to continue. And we weren't too sure, you know, the capacity of the brand itself, if it was worth spending all of that money to cover all the legal costs and the legal aspects of the business. We are definitely going to do it moving forward now. We've seen how important it is, especially in this climate um, with you know, COVID-19 and the pandemic, having all your, your licenses and your businesses um, all legally covered and stuff. We do see how important it is. But um, those are the three, copyrighted the logo, registering the business and ensuring our business accounts are the three things that we've done so far.
0: And okay, so in America, we have the US patent and trademark office where you well, I guess it's more so online now because of uh, Coronavirus and also just because like, Mm -hmm. it's 2020 and stuff. So you can go there and you can like look through registrations, you can look through trademarks, copyrights to see like, okay, is there something what I want to copyright right now? Is there something that's already copyrighted like that? Mm -hmm. So what is that like in London?
1: Is, I, I From the top of my head, I believe it is a very similar, if not an identical process. Mm-hmm. There is a website, we're going to government website, and I believe you can type in what you want to trademark and see if it's been trademarked or copyrighted already. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can import some of your business information to see what has not been done yet as well. Um, so yeah, I, I believe it is an, an identical process that we do, in all honesty, we do need to get on top of ourselves and a bit all that sort of stuff.
0: And um, I'm not surprised that the process is actually the same because in another episode I had, I actually talked about the fact that there's a triangular um, US patent office, so it's with the US, it's with Europe, and then it's with Japan. Uh, not all over Asia, but in Japan. So when you were even looking through that, like, did you see like was it specifically for London, or what did you see like um, like a global aspect
1: to that as well? Um, again, off the top of my head, I, I believe it was strictly United Kingdom yeah. focused. Mm-hmm. I didn't see anything regarding the US or any anything else on an international basis, or strictly um, UK and Ireland. Mm.
0: And yeah. um, so, like, just like that, Fashion fashionized really like emerging is kind of new and have you heard of that like even in okay so in Europe there are there's a lot more protection with fashion just because like y'all have all the fashion houses for the most part um Mm -hmm. in London in Paris like in Milan like all throughout Europe so Mm -hmm. have you ever heard of fashion law as a term or like anything like that or even just heard about the protection that designing and designers have
1: I happen to be fair. I probably need you to enlighten me if you could.
0: Yeah. So in Europe, um, the difference between here and in Europe is like a major thing is the protection of people's art. And so, like, for example, um, Marc Jacobs has this bag that has a specific um, like shape to it. And Ed Hardy also has a bag that looks similar to it. This is Mm -hmm. like a few years ago, like 2012. And in America, it was kind of hard to prove that like, this is kind of copying something that I've already trademarked because in America, Mm -hmm. like judges don't really understand fashion as an art form. They kind of just look at it as like in the legal aspect of, Oh, like anybody can make a bag and it's blue. So it doesn't matter. Not thinking Mm -hmm. about the structure of the actual bag is what they're copywriting. Cause I designed Mm -hmm. that bag and now somebody stole my artwork Mm -hmm. in Europe though that's, like, not really questionable. Like, if you were to go to a court of law in Europe, the judge would most likely understand that situation. And situations like that don't happen in Europe as much as it does here. So that's why Mm -hmm. with even even when you said, like, you copyrighted the um, Black Spade, like, logo, like, in America, it's not that easy. Like, with trademarking, you could trademark, like, the name black spade like it's black spade clothing but like copywriting is probably one of the hardest things to do in um like for designers that yeah in america so it's actually like really interesting to hear that you were able to copyright
1: again i've seen it um there's been a few instances here in the uk where a couple of um fashion or clothing brands here in here in london to be fair there was an instance where you know, one clothing brand used another clothing brand of copying, as you mentioned, their clothing style and their designs. Um, it was taken to court and it was dealt with quite swiftly. So, to be fair, I do understand when you speak about the differences across the pond, where in the US, perhaps it's, it's, it's a lot harder for you to come to a conclusion of if something has happened. Where in Europe, you do, I think I remember Christian um, LeBouton, there was. You're probably better, more equipped to answer this. Is that about with
0: YSL?
1: I think so. I can't really remember. But it was something to do with there. Sh- there was a brand who mm-hmm. produced an all-red shoe on yeah, the sole of not- the shoe. As well. mm-hmm. Yeah, and, um, I think we
0: had an episode
1: about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, Christian Lebuton on it argued, well, our trademark is, you know, our, our thing is a red sole. So we can argue they've taken it from us. And I don't know what the outcome was, but yeah, you're right. You do come across that more, but it is easier for us to come to a conclusion here in Europe, as opposed to in the United States, I would say.
0: Yeah, that case is actually one of the biggest cases in fashion law. Like, That's a case that everybody, I think anyone who, like if you Google fashion law, it's probably one of the first things that come up, Christian Louboutin versus Saint Laurent, because it was a big deal because um, just like you said, it was about the soul of the shoe but like oh. just like you say to be fair um why says whole entire shoe was red so like why so was trying to say like oh we didn't steal the red sole because the whole shoe is red because they came oh. out with a whole line of shoes that were like all blue or all green or all that oh. and so how it ended was at first christian louboutin lost and um the The the, um, judge was like, no, like, um, you can't say that they're trying to steal your soul or whatever because the whole entire shoe is red. But then he was able to appeal it. And the next court said that all he has to do now is, like, trademark the red soul specifically. But still, at the same time, even Saint Laurent wasn't wrong. So it's like he he got, like, half of what he wanted, but he didn't fully get what he wanted. But that also, that court case was actually decided in New York. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's why I wasn't really... um, yeah, but yeah, yeah
1: it's yeah. We do I mean, here here in the UK, especially with black Spade as well. We have to tread very, very carefully because, again, as I mentioned, a lot of the brands, the clothing brand London, the outs of London, fashion is fashion. It moves very quickly, and fashion does tend to be quite identical. So here in London, especially, we have to be very, very strict in how we in our designs, making sure it's not identical to anybody else and ensuring that there is a clear distinction between what we do and what everyone else does. Um, For, again, for legal purposes, but for the greater good of our brand as well. We don't want to be another brand under the bracket of, you know, they've made this just like everybody else has. We want to have this distinction of, Black Spade have made this, only they do this, and everybody else is doing this. Black Spade have done this design and is not copying anybody else. Strictly off the back of their own work, so yeah, you're right. Once you put it from the legal perspective, it is important for us to be very mindful. I would say of what we do moving forward. Yeah,
0: and I really am um, happy to see where Blackspeak goes because I really do see it growing. And just even off the fact that your material is sustainable, just like you said, that's going to continue bringing oh. people back. Because I know with me, like right now, I have a hoodie on. One thing about me is I don't like just like a thin hoodie like i like something that's gonna keep me warm because that's the point of wearing Mm. like i don't want to have all these layers but i want to thank you again for um coming on to do this interview but i ask everybody this so i gotta ask you who is your favorite designer and why
1: my favorite designer
0: like okay actually let me restate the question if you had to wear one designer for the rest of your life like you any Anything in their catalog, like anything from menswear to women's wear, the bags, the shoes, anything—what would be the one designer you would wear and why?
1: That one, me, that one for me is quite easy. It'll be Louis Vuitton. It'll really? Louis Vuitton. All day long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I've got, I've got so, I've got so many um, LV pieces. I've got, I've got a backpack. I've got a sling bag. I've got a side bag. The wallet. The card holder.
0: I think time lie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do tend to, live, but I think their brand, it stands out to me for many purposes. And I think I mentioned it to you earlier on how I want Black Spade to be a very exclusive business. But a lot of the traits that I've embedded within my brand have come from LV. Mm. The one thing I love about how exclusive they are is that they never ever go on sell. Ever. So once their old season goes. They're not going to put their clothing on sale. They either get, I think they dispose of it, or they just, it, it never comes back. Very exclusive brand. The longevity of their products are amazing and yeah. exceptional quality. Yeah. Lasts a very, very long time. And I think, you know, that type of brand where you've got what sets you apart from everybody else, you know, Gucci, amazing brand, but, you know, may sound weird, but I don't want to be wearing will be seen in things that anybody, it's gonna sound so big-headed, but anyone can, anyone yeah, can
0: Everybody like. got it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I hate, I hate <laughs> something.
1: I I've, I've got, me, I've got quiet. If I had to choose one brand I'd wear every single day for the rest of my life, it would be Louis Vuitton, all day long, every single day. I did. What, what brand will you choose? Me? Mm. Uh, I,
0: okay, so I'm really stuck between
1: let me guess two
0: okay yeah yeah I want to hear you guess I want to hear you guess I want to
1: guess what brand did Grace wear every single day <laughs> um I've seen your Instagram you're flying
0: <laughs> thank you sorry <laughs> you've been doing.
1: Grace is a fly individual um <laughs> you said you'll pick from two brands this one's this one's going to be a wild guess
0: hmm
1: is one of them European yeah would one of them be Mason Magella
0: that's why <laughs> okay so actually it's three okay for overall it's three if I had to wear three brands forever
1: mm-hmm. number
0: one would be um Matthew L Williams 1017 alix 9s I would wear that, like, from... Like, that's just how I would want to look every day with my hair slick black, jet black, that's it. Then Margiela, dumb, because I just, I love the colors, I love the cuts, everything. I also love that Margiela, when it first came out, was, like, kind of unisex. Like, they never really made it for men and women. Like, the women would be walking down looking like men, and the men would be walking down in skirts. And then Rick Owens, because, yeah, Rick Owens is just amazing.
1: It a, it's a very popular brand very, very popular brand here in the UK as well.
0: Yeah, well, thank you, Harold. It was nice talking to you.
1: No problem, Grace. Anytime, anytime.
0: Um, I hope you all enjoyed our conversation. If you go to our new website, www.thelabellaw.com, you can go to the Label Law Talks tab and see a guest profile on Harold and Black Spade clothing. As always, see you guys next week. This is Grace Azuake with The Label Law Talks.